You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Visit PencilandPaperProductions.Podbean.com to find more great podcasts. Welcome to the Palace of Megapixels. This is Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo! everyone and welcome to Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host Stephen White. With me as is always is my co-host Lacey Finley. And happy Monday. Happy Memorial Day to those celebrating There's it. There's that too. Hey, mm-hmm. plenty of time to sit at home and barbecue, right? That's right. I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the day off. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, trying. I don't know if I'm cooking out. The weather has not been kind. It's been off and on rain. So much rain. Like we've been getting floods. Mm-hmm. We've been getting floods. Like Chicago just doesn't drain well, regardless. And with the just a sheer volume of it at a time for days on end, it's just been gross. And the mold has been lovely. Oh, now, I bet. I'm sneezing and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I have to keep myself tucked away. I'm like, it's just allergies, but I get <laughs> side eyes anyway. So I'm just going to stay home until it's done. Yeah, it's, but, it's uh, miserable. And I can't even mow my lawn. And it really needs it. And it's been one of those, like, the opportunity when I could, I'm not home mm-hmm. because I'm at work. And then when I'm at home, it rains. So it's just, it's growing to jungle size and you know it's terrible we finally got sun today of course it was nice yesterday until about three and then i just heard mm-hmm. the thunder and then it did it all night long <laughs> yeah, we had a, it was a nice day yesterday I, I can at least say that i should have done it yesterday but i was busy doing other things go figure go right it's always yeah. how it goes so i'd love to chit chat about so many things but we have so much to talk about so we do it's a what have day. you been playing so, like, the, you'll be impressed. I've had a, I've had a good gaming week. I've had a good gaming week. Um, so it started off with a little VR. I did Defector, which is mm-hmm. an Oculus exclusive, uh, which it was on sale. I don't know that it still is. But just think, like, Blood and Truth. But, like, it, okay. it's you're playing, like, kind of like a James Bond undercover kind of situation. But it plays, like, how Blood and Truth would, where you're in those high situations and Mm -hmm. but you're not on rails so you are still moving you know freely within the confines of the world that they've built so definitely highly recommend that it was a lot of fun jumping out of airplanes skydiving shooting people like i I love those type of vr games when they're done well it just feels like you're such a badass you know um and of course dark knights with poe and monroe came out this week Right. Um, so the, the, one of the FMVs that we've all been, well, we all, I say, but I've been impatiently waiting for stupid COVID got that, you know, delayed a little bit as well. Um, but it came out and it's just as fantastic as their other ones. I do recommend this one. The style of acting and the tone that they went with it is so unique and different. And both of the actors pulled it off so well. It's almost like a little bit more of like a, a cheesy kind of 
a little over the top kind of acting, but they mm-hmm. played it so well that you believed them in this this world that they've kind of set up for you. Um, so if you've never actually played an FMV, I almost feel like this is a perfect starter one because they oh, went nice. to basic mechanics. You're just using your mouse or, you know, if it's on console yet, you know, however you're doing that. But it's mm-hmm. not it's not a whole lot of uh, having to hurry up. And there's a couple of QTEs that you might need to pay attention to, you know, which, of course, they put in right when you're in a, a long watch of a video. So you're just like chilled, kicking back, watching. They're like, oh, crap, you know, and try to hurry up and get to the mouse and usually miss it. Um, but highly recommend that. Um, and I got a switch this week. You did. I, I did. A lovely community member uh, gifted me the funds to be able to get one. And thankfully, in my search, it didn't take me that long. So screw y'all who buy it just to overprice it. I didn't play your game. And I got it for retail from a reputable store. So (laughs) I hope all of you are stuck with all of those switches. I hope you all are. And then you end up having to sell it for 100 bucks less. Um, but that's just my own other rant. I hate people that do that stuff so much. Yeah. Um, so we played around with obviously animal crossing. I've been playing mm-hmm. that for the last two days. I've got, I'm not really far enough at all to report on anything in that. Cause with the real time aspect and everything, I'm just kind of gathering stuff, giving it to the owl or nook at this point, And then just walking away for a while until they decide <laughs> it's built or whatever I can do. Um, and then we played around with some, a uh, couple of couch co-op games. There's like that snippable snip, snipple. Co- oh crap. I should have wrote it down. Oh, it's like a play on the word, like scissors and snipper cuts or something like that. Jesus. I'm sorry. I should have wrote that down, <laughs> but it's, it's a cute little co-op game where you're both like little pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a puzzle game too. So on the screen, um, it'll have like shapes, or uh, challenges that you have to do. And so you're basically figuring out, do we cut each other into a weird shape to maybe hook a bug to put it in a light? Or, um, yeah, just just kind of like a puzzle game like that. It's actually mm. really cute and a lot of fun. We figured out how to make ourselves into gears, too, because there's some areas where you're going to have to, like, turn stuff like a gear. So, like, <laughs> you get all picky about how you're slicing each other up so you can get it to work we got it down to a science now i think um and let's see family man came out this week i just wanted to put that out there i don't know if you saw that i I haven't played it yet but i plan on it i was just gonna let you know here because whatever it's like a conversation day with us too that's right um and then the last one i'll wait because i know that we both did it and I think it would be probably more fun if we both, you know, kind of chatted back and forth about that. But yeah, mm-hmm. pretty decent gaming week, actually, for me. Okay. All yeah. things considered, usually I got like one or two and there was probably more. I think I fut- putzed around on the eShop to see any demos or something like that. Tried moving out by myself and it's impossible. <laughs> I, I've just, that's the one thing, again, now I can complain again with the console wars. Can we agree right. where select is, where the X button is? Because I know I've only had the switch two days, but I am perpetually closing things out when I'm trying to open it or selecting things when I think I'm backing out. So I've like bought stuff I didn't intend to or this that, or the other. So Jesus, man. And then if you don't have it docked and you don't notice that now the switch is thinking your controller is supposed to be on the side. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Then the buttons change. It's a little obnoxious. I'm not going to lie. A little bit, yeah. A little obnoxious. 
especially when it wants to change to the smaller ones when I just wanted to cheat and hold it like this. God damn it. Constantly right. going back in when I'm trying to close a thing. But, um, yeah. Outside of that, that's that's all of my games. A lot of good VR this week, though. I was Sounds really, like I was really happy. I got to putz around in more VR. Mm-hmm. So, what have you been playing? Well, I was really wanting to play Rygar this week, which was that NES game that was on the Switch Online thing, mm-hmm. but I never got around to it. But for good reason, because I did have a lot of other good stuff that I was playing. Which, by the way, I've got to send you my friend code. On the yeah, I, I think I sent you one. Okay, I think I haven't, I haven't turned. I'm it not on really yet. sure how to look on the switch, but I your name like came up via a Mario Brothers thing, so I don't know if I sent you a friend request for that or for the switch. So when and when you turn it on, let me know. Otherwise, okay. I'll just send way. you the code because I still uh, try to figure out how to navigate the console. So I think that I tried playing Little Nightmares or at least finishing it because I mm-hmm. I, I beat it. I think last week already, and then there was that DLC that I wanted to play, but I just kind of lost interest, you know? I don't know why. I guess because... Oh, uh, didn't get through one play? Well, where the, the I had that issue with the, the first DLC part, I think right. it was just enough to kind of make me go, I don't know if I want to go. Even mm-hmm. though there's only two chapters, I could probably breeze through it, but at the same time, I'm like, eh, I played it. Uh, mm. So, I did play... Two very unique games. One I'm going to mention uh, before I get into the other one because I feel like I'm going to kind of do like a mini review of the other one. Uh, But I discovered, I turned on my Vita, which I haven't done in a while. It's been kind of sitting idle for a long time. And then I just started browsing through some of the, the games that I had just out of curiosity. And you know what I found? A game that I did not realize that I had in my library and you have talked up so much... That I was just oh, like, man. why don't I play this? She said it's great. Papers, please. I oh, had yes. this on my Vita. And I was like, I'll be damned. Okay, I'm going to try this out. Mm-hmm. It is hard, but addictive. Isn't it weird how addictive it is? Because it's really monotonous. Yeah. But. <laughs> but. You become so meticulous about every little thing because when you screw something up, you're like, what did I miss? How did I miss Mm -hmm. that? Oh, my God. You know, so then usually because the picture or something I'll miss like ugh, it didn't or the height. It's like always something small where I think I've got a a pattern of how I'm going to raise my eyes across Mm -hmm. everything. And nope. Yeah, (laughs) I I got to a point where I would just sit there and look at them and, and be like, all right, so I looked at that. That's good. That's good. That's good. And then. I would miss something. Like, one thing I didn't even think about at one point was their weight. And I was like, oh, what yeah. are you talking about their weight? And then I was like, oh, yeah, there's a scale over here. Damn it. So, yeah, I never paid it. To, I, it got me a few times that way, too. I'm like, I never even noticed it was there. But there were a few times where I would get through there and you'd have those moments where people would ask you to do them favors and you're just like, I don't want to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you don't know what to do. I, I, I mean, I've played through it enough now that I think I've gotten most of them. Like, I've been devious. Screw it. I let everyone in. All this kind of stuff. Or I tried mm-hmm. to be very I'm pro my government. You only get through when they say it's allowed, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, I mean, they play the same. But the story, how it wraps up, does end up a little bit differently. Or how early or late, too, mm-hmm. I think was what it cut off. <laughs> if you're the type to let people all the way through, you're probably going to be done a little bit sooner. 
Mm-hmm. With the oh, game. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I know. I don't. I can't remember how many days I got through. Maybe eight. And then, of course, trying to keep your family alive was another mm-hmm. obstacle that was just like, I'm trying so hard, man. I'm doing my best. You know? And That's you- why they those temptations sometimes aren't so easy to turn down. You're like, man, mom's been sick for a while. The kid's been cold. I got no mm-hmm. food. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. I played it a little late, so I don't think my brain was working at full capacity like it should have been. Mm-hmm. So... I'm going to, I wanted to, I've been wanting to get back to it after I tried it. And I thought, well, let's just wait until I finish my other stuff and then I'll come back to it and really focus in on it. That way I can, I'm not playing a hundred different things and I can just focus in on that. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to get back around to that. Seems like a lot of fun. I can see myself becoming obsessed with it. Yeah. Second thing that I played, and I felt like I spent a lot of money on video games this week. Uh, like I do too, I and not even my own money. All yeah, yeah. <laughs> some other people's too. Yeah. But I bought a new game for me. I know it's been out for a while, but I also got a fold apart. Which, if you've never played this game, if you've never heard about this game, it's it might not be for everybody. It's it's a very simplistic game in its. Uh, uh, play style Mm -hmm. even as a puzzle game it's not as hard as you think it is you know because you'll look at a puzzle and when you start to figure it out and you're like damn it why didn't I you know because it's Mm -hmm. so simple if you just take a breath look at it and be like there it is it's not it's not very complex but you can make it complex in your head which is funny, considering what the story is about. Because mm-hmm. the story is about a relationship between two people. And one took a job, and the other stayed behind. And now they have this long-distance relationship, and they're texting one another. And then suddenly something is said amongst the text that makes the other person doubt something. And then when they go into this doubt phase... And start questioning, well, should I have left? Should I have done this? What do you want me to do? That's when you get into these puzzles. And the puzzles are like folding paper. So you fold it to left to right, flip it over, twist it, you know. And and each chapter, the fold mechanics become new. So say at first you're just folding left to right or top to bottom. Then they'll add corners. Then you'll add blocks. Like origami? Uh, I wouldn't say origami per se, but kind of, yeah. I mean, you're okay. you're folding up the paper in, in multiple ways, twisting it around, turning it, and what have you, just to kind of get through to get... Typically, you're getting a star, but sometimes you'll just need to get to the other side, you know, to mm-hmm. kind of move along. But another aspect of this game, like I said, it's about a relationship. You get to choose your relationship. So this story can work for anybody. If you want to be a man and a woman, great. If you want to be a man and a man, great. If you want to be a woman and a woman, great. You can be whoever okay. you want. So nice. this is an all-inclusive story. And it's great, too, because we all go through those moments with someone we've been with where we start to question everything. We start to doubt everything. You're getting a text. You're like, what did you mean by that? What are you trying to say? I don't know. And then you go through this spiral. And again... With the puzzle mechanics, when you kind of get into those moments where you can't think straight, 
What are you doing in this moment? You can't think straight. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, you, neat. Excellent. It's a very beautiful, poignant story that we all can relate to. Mm-hmm. I honestly feel like you can all relate to it. And it, and it's very simple. You can probably breeze through it in a few hours. Um, I recommend it. It's just, it's a, it's a great game. What was the game. name of it again? A Fold Apart. A Fold Apart. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a beautiful little game. And I, I enjoyed it immensely just for its story. And it just, when it ends, you're just kind of grateful for anything that you may have. Like if you're in that situation, it's like, yeah, I've been there. I've done that. And, it, you know, maybe not everybody can relate to it wholeheartedly, but I think we all can if we've been in a relationship. You know? And if not, maybe I'll just enjoy the story and what it's trying to uh, what what it's trying to achieve. Because mm-hmm. it's it's, it's beautiful. Um, I have another game that I played, but we'll talk about it later. Yeah. But first, let's talk about the other game that we both shared. The yes. Demo. Iron Man VR. <laughs> Iron Man VR demo dropped. Yep. So and... you tell yeah. me your experience first. Because you I, came to me. I did. I did. I did. I had to send you a text right away. I was like, have you played this yet? Because um, as I was, you know, finishing up writing for the podcast, I came across my desk. I'm like, uh, yeah. So I might, aside from my usual gripes of it being PSVR, we'll just mm-hmm. pin that. So we are all, all already know how I feel about the tracking and sometimes with that. Um, but I thought it was a good time. Like, you you need vr legs so if you're somebody Mm -hmm. who's kind of like still building up to just regular locomotion in a game and you're still like or i don't know how many vr games do that with yeah uh, why am i losing the words anyway blink like the blink mechanic Mm -hmm. um it's because you are flying and you are moving around at a fast pace. So I do have to, to put that out there. If you tend to get a little sick in VR, this is probably not a good starter one. Um, but it was a good time. I oh, yeah. had a hell of a time figuring out the shooting and keeping myself in place. Because as soon as you learned how to fly, you know, you put your hands down like Iron Man so you could float mm-hmm. up. And then you push your hands backwards to like that's your ignition go go straight and um when it came to the punch thing yeah, somehow yeah, yeah. i always managed to like float upwards so i must have still been holding trigger and putting my hand down as i was getting ready to punch and mm-hmm. it, i would float over the target every single time right. so i never really got the punch mechanic down but just getting to fly through that and the whole scene on the airplane where mm-hmm. it's falling apart and you're having to come towards the airplane to help, you know, s- fly underneath. You Did you attach to the plane? Did you try I that I did part? not. I accidentally landed on the wing when I was trying to go for something and he just... And then I, so I just kind of sat in it for a minute. I was wondering, I'm like, can I walk this way? But I couldn't figure out how to move. So I still had mm-hmm. to push myself back off. Um you know, with the thrusters in your hands. But, uh, yeah. So I would like land on the plane and I'm like, pretend like I'm serving on this airplane Holy here crap. As we're zipping through the clouds. So that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. And it just a great time. It was mm. really just a great time. It, it took me a minute to figure it out. I do wish. And if this mechanic is there and you found it and I didn't let me know that there was a 180 turn. Um, like I well, couldn't find a snap 180 turn. 
So if no, it was I didn't in there, I just missed it. It's hmm. kind of just like in quarter turns, either left or right. So a snap 180 would have been beautiful because hmm. when you get start getting surrounded and you have to start shooting everything out of the sky, uh, being able to turn without having to go click, 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 click would have been really nice. Right. With PSVR, I hate to twist and turn a lot because I just never know when I'm going to get dropped. So I always hmm. try to keep facing the camera. Right. Uh, so, oh my God. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And so, so you know what I'm going to say. I think it's only downfall. We'll be limiting it to the PlayStation VR. I really just think a lot of these games, they're, I understand why Sony's doing it. And it's perfect. And it's not like it's a bad idea or anything like mm. that. But man, I think they would just, you know, it's such a niche thing. And I think you would sell so many more copies as a developing team if you did VR on PC also. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it is anyway. surprising that that's where it, it landed like if they did if i had heard that this was coming to oculus or or vive or anything like that i would have been like sure absolutely that's where it goes yeah you know and if maybe i'll be lucky and i'll get even the quest it would be beautiful because the quest is cordless Mm -hmm. and and yeah around it will as iron man you won't even have to worry about snap turning you know you're not gonna get all hung up and stuff so my experience I had, I'll go go ahead and say this up front. Downloading that demo, when I saw that it was, you know, they said, hey, the demo is available now. And I was like, okay, cool. I wasn't excited. I say I wasn't excited because when I heard about this game, I was like, yeah, you know, it's going to be, eh, it's going it's to be disappointing. It's going to be disappointing. You know, yeah, in the back of my head, my head too, it was just like, because... Now, and this is this is not to shit on this at all, but there was that Spider-Man Homecoming, or yeah, there was that VR mm-hmm. game, which all it was was you shooting webs, and yeah, then they the did demo a didn't do a whole lot, yeah. And then there was a Far From Home VR where you actually got to web swing. Now that was cool, but mm-hmm. like you said, limiting to the PlayStation VR, it was not great. But then I go over to my daughter's house where her boyfriend has the full experience and i played it there oh my mm. god so Much different right yeah because everything felt more alive like the and city I never itself really noticed that gray like i don't even know how to describe it it's not like a green um a screen effect mm-hmm. there's like a grayish kind of screen that's kind of just there when there's a black screen that i notice so much more now on the playstation having been playing VR on PC for so long now. Mm -hmm. Like, it was instant as soon as I put it on. I was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with the colors? And I was just like, oh, that's just there. And I wonder if that's always been there. And I just never really noticed until I've done PC for, like, a year. And then just every once in a while, put the PlayStation 1 on. Yeah. (laughs) I understand. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, there's such a difference. So, immediately coming in, I wasn't... I wasn't dying to try out this demo. I was just like, mm-hmm. I'll get around to it. It's there. Eh, no big deal. And then, of course, suddenly you message, oh, my God, have you played this? And I'm like, no, I downloaded it. And she's like, yeah, you got to play it. So it I was like, okay. screamed Steven to me as soon as I was done. So if, if Lace is telling me I have to play this on PlayStation VR. Right. I was just like. <laughs> 
okay, well, maybe I should try this out. So I, I finished up what I was doing, and then I focused in on it immediately. And, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. It was amazing because I felt like Iron Man. And right. I'll even admit to this. Having, you know how you can kind of see a little bit of the, the VR headset mm-hmm. with the PlayStation VR? I felt yeah. like it kind of added to the fact because I'm supposed right. to be in the Iron Man Being helmet. Mm-hmm. So I was okay with that. And knowing and being a fan of the movies and everything like that, and, and you see how he moves, I felt like I was doing those moves. Like I was yeah. standing straight, shifting, everything. You and caught that's... yourself probably ducking and like oh, yeah, doing yeah, yeah. this motion when you were flying. Like I kept pointing my head down at stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I did the same thing. So I felt like I embodied Iron Man pretty well in my head. I felt like I did all right. The question, like you were saying, there was a, there was some button confusion at one point with the blasters mm-hmm. and everything. I yeah. did because I think the blasters were the top button and then your yeah, thrusters the were the, the, the triggers. And I kept shooting the triggers to shoot because that's what you do in the other games. Right. I was doing that a lot, too. Yeah. So I kept getting that (laughs) messed up. Beyond that, I did turn around. You know, I didn't use the the, the buttons. Oh, you didn't? No. I actually... Oh, like you just physically moved? Oh, okay. Yeah, because I wanted... I didn't want to knock stuff over. I wanted more room. (laughs) Well, I made made more room. So (laughs) I... I I wanted to see how well it would work because anytime I've tried to turn around in other VR games on the PlayStation VR, you'd get like, you're out of range. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Not a once, not once during this oh, did I have that's that. Good. So I did turn, I did screw myself over at one point because I hit that button to shift and then I lost. I was like, I don't know where I'm at. I'm <laughs> Which sorry. way am I facing? I know you're in the air. You're like, uh. yeah. Uh. So. <laughs> I, I, at that point, I was like, I'm not going to hit that button again. I'm just going to turn around. I'll watch the cord as best I can, try to be cognizant of that, mm-hmm. and just screw that. I'll turn around. But, yeah, the, the whole being Iron Man experience, because I felt those moments where I could just, just hold up my hand, yeah. blast, blast, and then I would dodge by, yeah, I'd hold out one hand this way and shift. Or hold it that way and shoot and shift. Oh, my God. It's just my brain was like, this is how Iron Man would do it. Right? And then you just, you do all the moves. I'm, like, probably going to have to play it again just because. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And then right at at the end when the plane was going down, I just flipped back, double boosters, boom. And everything was flying in my head. And it was like, ba-bow, ba-bow, Get the debris out of the way. Dude, oh, I took God. so many things to the feet, I think, because mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was going to hit me because I'm like, I'm just a head. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, this is how I don't have a body. Um, and I think I barely made it. I think my suit had like 40 percent or something when I finally <laughs> made it to Pepper, you know, and I was just mm-hmm. like, and that was fun, too, where I'm like, oh, hey, how are you? He's like, you know, what's up? <laughs> this is what it's like being saving the damsel from the sky at 40,000 feet. She's fine with oxygen. This is normal. <laughs> she's fine i don't know it was i was really impressed and i like when i can be taken completely by surprise because i was expecting this to be 
the type of game that it would just be like, yeah, you're just not getting it. You're not doing it right. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So, meh. But no, I think I'll buy this. Yeah, I, I'm pretty pretty thinking I might do. Mm-hmm. And I don't usually get bought into stuff like that pretty hardcore, you know. But that that was a good time. I think they yeah. might have done this right. Which absolutely for Superman now and all that oh, stuff, you know, like my God, now that you see that these mechanics can actually work fairly well in the VR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think we need the devs behind Blood and Truth. Who is it? London Studios or whatever. Like, get on it. You guys build great games. Collaborate Absolutely. with these people. Get it done. I think it'd be great. For sure. But yeah, great time. So if you guys have PSVR at home, download the demo. But like I said, if you get a little queasy in VR, maybe take it slow or sit. Mm-hmm. You could probably sit while you do it. Um, yeah. I yep. didn't. But I knew when I was first starting locomotion, like sitting did help until mm-hmm. I got to the point where I could stand. And then now I have like a weird stance because I still have like one leg out here and one leg back here because sometimes I'll still go, Ooh, you know, <laughs> like if I'm moving or that motion where you think your car's rolling backwards or something like I'll get that every once in a while. So if I stand like that, I haven't fallen over yet. And usually I can get my bearings and it probably just looks ridiculous to any outsider. But in the game, I feel badass. Mm-hmm. And that's all that matters is my immersion. Okay. <laughs> so, but excellent. Go download that. Um, let's talk about some news. Let's do it. We got some stuff happening this week. Uh, one little bit of uh, at the top of the section, you know, we do the, the COVID news to try to get that out of the way first and foremost. Um, just one. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of a big one. So so keep an eye out. Um Security researchers over at Microsoft is passing out a warning right now that they have seen a steady increase in unsolicited email attachments. Um, It's containing um, malware, so Excel 4.0 macros that will get installed on your PC. Um, Apparently, it's part of an even bigger campaign that's been infecting your PCs with malware while trying to make you think you're getting current COVID-19 statistics. So according to Microsoft, the emails purport to come from John Hopkins Center with WHO, WHO COVID situation report is what it uh, apparently has been reading in the subject title. Um, And the Excel files open with a warning and shows you a graph of the stats in the U.S. today. So it's stateside. So if you happen to run it, the macros will download and run the Net Support Manager RAT, R-A-T. So which would require more understanding on my part as to how this malware is distributed to clarify. So pardon my ignorance on that. But all I will say um, is we're in 2020. Don't be opening emails from anyone you don't know. Or if you do, maybe don't download the attachments. But Mm -hmm. uh, in one report I read stated that in some cases it even went so far as to ask for a password, which the email would provide. So then if you entered that correctly, then the malware would install. So they're actually making you go a little above and beyond for your your virus. So um, just keep an eye out for that. Don't be opening emails from people you don't know. And for the love of God, do not be downloading attachments. Um, mm-hmm. So apparently that's been going on long enough that Microsoft's like, hey, stop. Pay attention. Don't do this. We're working on it. We're trying to figure out where it's coming from. But that's the only COVID-related news I have, simply because people were using COVID to get you to download this stuff. So it's not even had anything to do with the pandemic. Just <sighs> some people trying to make you click on it with some bait there. But on to regular gaming news for this week. So I don't know if we remember a little while back about this whole G2A 
reselling illegally distributed keys. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we discussed it on this show, but it was a few months back that uh, this round got kicked up because I think it's been reported back and forth with G2A for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but so we remember all that. They came under fire for being accused of reselling stolen keys, the bulk of which from indie devs which caused G2A to defend themselves, saying that they would pay 10 times the money lost on any chargebacks relating to them obtaining and selling illegally obtained keys through their marketplace. Like, they were so confident that it wasn't as rampant as people were saying that this was the promise they made. Well, one such developing team actually took them up on that offer. Um, So it was the team behind Factorio, which I believe it's pronounced Wubby Software, but if someone Mm -hmm. can correct me um, if I'm not saying that right. In fact, uh, they won. Okay. So they won that lawsuit, was awarded about $40,000 in damages. So it was about 10 months. So that feels like it was just yesterday, but it was about 10 months ago that this particular brand uh, that happened. Um, So G2A was told to pay $39,600 in compensation for the sale of 198 illegitimate keys. Then this is just on Factorio Mm -hmm. from that game. So uh, the studio initially handed over a list of about 321 keys that they claimed or thought might have been sold illegitimately. And uh, it was found 190 of them, 198, in fact, was sold on G2A. Um, Interestingly, G2A apparently conducted them, the, the investigation themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting that they would even kick that back up. So, uh, But apparently, uh, major auditing firms forbids the public release of those audits. I don't know what the legal mumbo-jumbo is there as to why they can't. But they still found that 61% of the keys were, in fact, sold on G2A site. Um, but to be fair to them... If I have to be in journalism here, G2A did say that the findings confirmed what they were sure about, that over 10 million transactions annually, we only have 198 illegally obtained keys sold through our site. That's still 198 illegal keys. But still, with that phrase, we're still only talking about this developing team. It doesn't this is not matter. all of the keys from every game ever sold. So I just wanted to put that in there as that was one of their responses. And I'm trying to be fair, but doesn't matter. It, also, it doesn't. I know. I know. I'm just I, I'm trying to not be accused of being one sided, even though I'm not on their side. But it also appears that after this, G2A is no longer offering that 10 times payback. Wow. I wonder why. <laughs> As they put it, with their main point being made, like they they just feel like we we made our point. Um, so about the seriousness of the fraud in the industry, from now on, we will compensate developers the full value of any chargeback fees that they incurred for any keys sold via the G two A marketplace if they can prove they were legitimate. Hmm. So. Um, At the end of the article I was reading, though, they went on to say the G2A offered to make a key blocking tool last year uh, and that if at least 100 devs signed up for it. But to date, apparently only 19 devs did. So I don't know, but I still we've been knowing this about G2A for a while. I'm very happy that this team did that. Mm-hmm. And 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 was willing to move forward, and that they did get compensated accordingly. Um, but I just remember that man. Devs were like, "I would rather you steal my damn game, just yeah. pirate it. I would rather you do that because if you buy it off a of G two A and do a chargeback, my life is now hell." 
Yep. You know, they have to track down that credit card, do all this kind of stuff, probably get a hold of them. It becomes a nightmare. They're like, just steal it. I would say do neither and just go to a legitimate source and support your support your developing teams because mm-hmm. you probably want them to keep making games. Yeah. Keep keep that if in mind, not- kids. <laughs> if you're the kind of garbage person who likes to steal things, uh, you cannot have those things anymore if the people making them are not making money off of it. Mm-hmm. If you steal they have it, to pay these people. <laughs> yeah, if you steal it, why would they make more? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can't. They can't afford to because your ass stole it. Don't be stupid, stupid. <laughs> Please don't sue us for the use of that. No, I'm just know. paraphrasing. He listens every day, I'm sure. <laughs> but that that that's a perfect phrase for right here. I agree mm-hmm. with that. Uh, but a little bit more on PS5, it looks like this week. Sony's president came out this week to say that PS5 is 100 times faster than the PlayStation 4 at processing game data in the company's last meeting for their corporate strategies. This is where we're getting all of our news these days because everything's mm. just phone calls since everyone's working from home. Sure. Mm. Uh, but this goes to further what Mark Cerny said uh, when he said that the SSD is the key to the next-gen hardware, uh, which was stated as the number one ask from devs, apparently. So uh, Cerny states that this gives the devs more freedom in designing games to make them faster, more seamless with loading, uh, which in theory, looking at the side-by-side on Xbox Series X and the PS5, uh, I think the PS5 is 825 gigabyte SSD and the Xbox Series X is a one terabyte one. So that'll remain to be seen whether that even makes a huge difference um, since we do know these are customized SSDs. This is not like something a consumer can just go buy right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they both uh, should be crazy fast in my opinion, but uh, Sony also says that their SSD, there's like a second one at five gigabytes, will also have more benefits while playing the game with loading textures at a faster pace environments loading more quickly which will allow players to explore fa- uh, faster still no word on price but yeah so it makes it sound like everything is so much faster you turn those textures are already loaded you're doing this so as you're moving you're not supposed to be having any of those hiccups or a loading screen it'll just seamlessly keep going and i'm excited for it and i just want to see what it is now i want to see i want to see the look of it mm-hmm. i want to see if it's sexy can we see a picture yet? Some- Come on. Mm-hmm. Something. I know. I think they're trickling it out in a good way. But, the, you know, mm-hmm. I've always said, quit giving us stuff too early. And so and- now I'm just complaining against my own. <laughs> but I just want to see it. I know. I want to see. <laughs> I'm, I just, this speed. I'm going to continue to preach that until I'm blue in the face. Speed is what we need now. To hell with graphics. Load time. Everything speed. looks good, man. Yeah, that's what I want. Performance. Mm-hmm. We've got the graphics nailed. Performance from now on. Until and we honestly, can make the like, next you week. get that nailed? Hmm. What do we do from there? Stay the course. You know? Like, it's we don't just, need it's a new... Exciting. Yeah, we don't need a new console if everything is working fine. Mm-hmm. If everything is working, keep it. It's a good hardware. Until it becomes obsolete in some way, shape, or form. Just stay on it. Ten years for the PlayStation Five, please. Yeah. Let Probably. me be fifty before I say them damn PlayStation Sixes. <laughs> when are they coming out? And then I'm gonna buy them and sell them for fifteen grand. Oh my mm. god! You know that's gonna happen. Yep. 
Oh, geez. We'll it's be funny. reporting on that in December, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's funny that in 10 years, I'm going to go start talking like this. <laughs> like that's the cutoff age. Right? Yeah, I don't know why. You instantly <laughs> turned 100 in your mind. In 10 years. <laughs> in 50, it just sounds bad. I know we're old souls, but still, you know. Mm. All right, let's see. Microsoft is saying we're getting a better look at games releasing in July. So the July's first party's Xbox Series X event. We've had some hubbub about some of the stuff that's been getting shown off so far and the whole gameplay fiasco. Um, We've had uh, some third-party titles being shown off here and there. And having mm-hmm. announced 140 publishers and developers are working on titles for the console. And some people are just a little disappointed in the showing, um, which we talked about already a few weeks ago. And Microsoft addressed it, setting up, say they probably set up the wrong expectations for the event, showing gameplay and all that. Uh, but Phil Spencer lets us know that July's event should be different uh, with him saying, I don't like to give something like number rankings because July could roll around and someone might not get a specific announcement they were looking for and feel let down. Lol. Yeah, he put lol. And uh, <laughs> and things could certainly change between now and two months from now, which is a fair statement to make, I think, at this point, because like we've been saying, we don't know what is all getting delayed, this, that, or the other, because of the the complications of moving people home, or maybe some people just aren't having the ability to work on them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but major third-party titles should be there as well. He said they initially wanted to lay it all out there from first party and just have a big blowout. Um, definitely like big AAA, XGS uh, reveals, other third parties on the stage. Uh, those would not necessarily be exclusives, though. It just happened to be getting showed off during their um, event. But he does say in the time of COVID, of course, things can change between now and then. And it sounds like the July show is the one to show up for is how they're making it hot right now. So so adding to that, Halo is, of course, expected to be seen at this event. Um, and they have confirmed that Halo Infinite will be one of the many first party titles included in the Xbox 2020 event in July. Okay. Uh, so no confirmation on whether legitimate gameplay will be shown. Um, but there you go. Looks like they're, they're trying to set you up for July. Hopefully you're going to get more of what we were clamoring for i don't know what i was expecting i just show up to see what new games are there i don't go in with any expectations really ahead of time um maybe i need to look at more rumors and get myself falsely excited for something that was supposed to show up and then when it doesn't i can be sad with everybody else uh this was kind of interesting though fortnite might be showing full movies Like, we know how they've been doing those really cool, like, concert events, which, Mm -hmm. like I said, I have to admit was pretty freaking cool. I showed you that one clip, so you had kind of an idea of what gamers are seeing inside while these concerts are going on. But now they're teasing a screening of a full-length Christopher Nolan flick sometime this summer. It wasn't revealed yet which movie would be shown, uh, but Jeff Keighley kind of gave us a little tease after he interviewed John David Washington, who said it would be an iconic Christopher Nolan full-length feature film. So maybe like Dark Knight would be a good guess, all things considered, since Epic and DC, I think, kind of have character crossover kind of things. Um, So they've already collaborated, but let's wait and see. I would be interested to see how they, like, if it's going to be exactly like how they do the concert. That's what I want to know. Because if you've seen in there, it's completely like a CGI Fortnite-y character of said singer. So like Marshmallow or... 
I don't remember the name of the last guy. I'm sorry, because it's not a genre of music I normally listen to. I think he was like an R&B singer. But anyway, mm. they, they, they make them to look like they belong in the world. So I'm wondering if it's literally just people showing up and it's going to be a big screen. Kind of like we're watching the movie together, but it's right. not going to be in the Fortnite way. I feel like that would be way too hard. So that's my guess is like your characters will just show up in the game at a screen and then you'll all get to watch together. It's my thought. But anyway, we'll see how that turns out. So Hmm. keep your eye out for that. If you wanted to watch a Christopher Nolan flick uh, via Fortnite. I mean, not really. I can, I can watch (laughs) it on my own TV. I do think it's neat. These little events that they keep trying to do though, even though it's like not a game for me. Their creativity with this kind of stuff has been been quite neat over the last year or so. Yeah. Uh, Borderlands 3 next uh, DLC was announced. Gearbox announced that the next expansion for Borderlands 3, which will be called Borderlands 3 Bounty of Blood, a fistful of redemption. Uh, this time the setting is in a desert planet of Gahina, and players will get to hunt a gang calling themselves the Devil Riders. Pew, pew. It's a Western expansion, it looks like. So and you get to ride the weaponized Jet Beast, which is the newest vehicle to make its way to the game. It's like a flying motorcycle with uh, two jet turbine engines on it. And there's a monster skull that's attached to the front of it. Anyway, so June 25th is when you can get that. (laughs) That it'll be coming out. Um, And this is kind of cool. 14 video game publishers from North America and Japan will be bringing a new digital showcase in June. They're calling it the New Game Plus Expo. It'll be live streamed on Twitch on June 23rd, starting at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. And it'll just continue throughout the day. It'll have some first looks at some games, Q&As. Let's see, NIS America, Inc., and Sega of America will show some new title announcements and live gameplay demos. Um, A sample of the publishers participating, aside from the two I just mentioned, Spike, Chunsoft, Inc., Idea Factory International, and SNK Corp., just uh, to name a few. There's several more. Um, A schedule of who is appearing uh, when we'll release at a later time. So I'll keep an eye on that space and let you guys know. But looks like we're going to have another digital showcase event to... uh, Probably the other publishers and stuff, you know what we should do? Get together and do our own thing, which is creative. Yeah, absolutely. Right now, since that's the way we're showing everything off is digitally. Um, One more lawsuit <laughs> happened this week. It seems Manchester United is suing mm-hmm. the makers of the Football Manager video game series for allegedly infringing on its trademark by using the club's name. Uh-oh. Yeah, they've taken legal action against the developing team for replacing the club logo with a simpler red and white striped version. So they are claiming it deprives the registered proprietor of its right to have the club crest licensed. So it's accusing the club of trying to prevent legitimate competition in video games field by preventing parties not licensed by the claimant from using the name of Manchester United football team within such games. So I guess naming the team without the logo is unfair. (laughs) So it's taking away the requirement to pay for it. So I guess like the game was probably like, if we take the crest off, just use the colors, we're not infringing on anything. But the Manchester United's like, but that's clearly us. And without, and you taking that away is taking away our ability to be paid for using it. 
So do they still name the team? Did I hear that right? They still use the yeah, name of like, the team? it's the colors, but they don't have the crest or the logo on it. But it's still like, I guess, clearly Manchester United's club logo. But I guess the game was thinking if I take away this one aspect, I won't get in trouble. But did they name the team Manchester United? Oh, that I don't know. This was like on the picture and everything. They were showing like how it was presented in game. Mm, So like, you know how if you're playing the game, you'll see like a company's billboard or something like that as to the teams that are playing. So So it was a question of how it was presented in the game when you're like looking around. So, I mean, I don't know who's Sodom on kind of right now because if they they took away... The things that made it a copyright, then they can't technically, there's no legal ramifications for that because they aren't, they're, they're, no, I know what I'm going. trying to say. Like, I'm you actually know, trying it's, to it's find a, the picture so I can send it to you here so you can see. It's like on the little advert things that are around because the field. It's kind of like, I mean, I know it's not parody, but I've, I feel like there's, a fine line there where you can take away just enough to where it's similar, uh, but not the same the team without using the logo. So, so they did the name, but not using the logo. So they did so use they their were name. trying to skirt it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, it looks then, like they, they were using that name, but not using the correct logo or the proper one from that so that they could unfairly skirt away from, I guess, paying for the, uh, okay. Well then absolutely the not. I'm with the team yeah. now. So, yeah. I just think it's hilarious. Like, everything's going to get sued for everything. Just stop using stuff. Yeah. Stop. Like, I feel like nobody really understands all that stuff anymore anyway. And I'll be honest with you. I don't either. Mm-hmm. Like, I find sometimes we're getting some lawsuits. Like, with the trees. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't a lawsuit, though. But that, um, Still. It didn't go that far. But still, I was like, I don't know that I would have looked at those and went, you know what? Those look exactly like mine. And I'm going to say something. It's like, it's a tree. It's a tree. <laughs> How many creative ways can we draw a tree? All right, but Platinum Games came out this week and squashed the rumors that Microsoft was trying to buy them. I guess people were freaking out that Microsoft was trying to do this. Um, Apparently, the rumors started just simply from Phil Spencer mentioning he wanted Xbox to buy a Japanese studio um, and the internet be internet. So they just (laughs) jumped on the train with uh, Platinum Games, apparently. Uh, But Platinum Games reassures people the conversations never happened. They did say they aren't. Xbox, so they don't know what was discussed behind closed doors, but they just want you to know they've never been approached about uh, the possibility. Um, you can find the article, though, on gamesindustry.biz if you want to read the whole situation, because there was just a lot to read and some weird situations that kept getting weaved in there. And because it's so long, I can't do it justice with a TLDR, but it is an interesting read. I definitely check that out. Because it was just kind of fascinating why people were throwing it on that. And then yeah. we're all freaking out because Microsoft kills things, I guess. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh, yeah, yeah. People were like, God damn it, no! Platinum Games is one of those developers who do really good work. And, and I feel like they have a lot of promise. I'm not saying... I say they got a lot of promise. I'm not saying they haven't done great games. I feel like they have yet to hit their potential. They've got a lot of good games, but they've not done that one thing to just make them iconic. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, that's my opinion anyway. I, but they, right. th- they've done a lot of good stuff. Funny enough that you brought them up because it made me remember. There was a game that came out on the Wii, and then I think it came out on the Wii U. Might have been on the Wii U. I don't know. It's 
a prior console. So long. Yeah. But it was a Nintendo uh, exclusive called the Wonderful 101. And then I found out after the fact, I saw it on the PlayStation Store the other day. I was surprised. I was like, holy crap, that's a game. And I always wanted to play it. And then there it is. So I might try it. Beautiful. I love when things work out like that. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Anyway. Well, that's all the news news. I got some quick hits here for us. Uh, now this one's just for me, but hopefully you guys will find it interesting too. Paralives, which I think I've discussed on here before, which is a much smaller developing team was just one dude now has the funds that he hired a couple more. So I think there's like four of them total. That might be the Sims competitor, basically giving all of the people that likes the life simulation games, what they've been asking EA to just put back in their games. So mm-hmm. I definitely recommend looking at Paralives if you were a hardcore simmer and have also been extremely disappointed at how The Sims has been managed over the last, I don't know, at least five or six years for sure. Um, but we got our first look at the Parafolk. So definitely go check that out because that was the last reveal that they were doing was they showing off how the, the, the people would actually look in the game. Um, but her name is Maggie. And so you can go check that out over on their YouTube uh, for Paralives and uh, just check out all their stuff because if you are into The Sims, you'll cry at all the gorgeous things that he's making possible in this game. And I just can't (laughs) wait for it. So um, he had enough Patreon supporters to start funding it monthly. So I'm really excited about that. So we might get it sooner than later. So GG, man. GG. Stay the course. Uh, Mafia 2 and 3 Definitive Editions are... How many of those I added in there? You did. The coffee might have just kicked in. (laughs) Mafia 2 and 3 Definitive Editions are out now. Free if you own the originals. Um, But the full Mafia 1 remake is still baking. They're like rebuilding that from the ground up. It doesn't even sound like some of the same voice actors are coming back for that. Like they're not using some of the same audio. So it might be a brand new thing altogether. So I'm excited for that though. It was a great game. It's nice to see it get a facelift and maybe some people who would have never looked at it before because it's so old mm-hmm. kind of janky that now you'll you'll give it a chance. Um Riot Games announced that Valorant will launch for free fully on June 2nd. So seems like another staggered rollout for a couple of countries, NA, Europe, South Korea, Brazil, Japan, first countries to get it up and then the official release will be getting a new agent. A new map, beta game mode, and we'll add weapons and skins and a battle pass system and oh my, all that fun stuff. So June mm. 2nd, it's the day it's supposed to be fully released. No longer in beta. Go have fun. Good luck. <laughs> Launch trailer for Maneater dropped, but we will talk about that a little bit later because mm-hmm. it also released this week. Um, now this one I just caught my eye because I thought it was interesting. GTA 5 has a mod that I thought was kind of worth mentioning called Natural Vision. Check this one out. Uh, It gave it a facelift. So keep in mind, this game is pretty old by today's standards. And you're going to watch it and probably think, well, that's what I thought it looked like when the game was brand new. But go look at it before and then do a side by side. And you'll see how much this mod really kicks it up a notch. It looks gorgeous. Uh, You can go to the website and download it now, obviously, for PC. Um, It's in early access. There's multiple devs that are working on this. And the website actually has a roadmap for what's coming and generally keeping you apprised of where it's at. So if you want to give GTA 5 a a, a much-needed facelift because you're still playing it and having a good time with it, this looks amazing. This looks really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Microsoft Solitaire turned 30 last week. Well, I'll be damned. Yeah. 
So with that anniversary, they wanted to set a new record for most games of solitaire played in a 24-hour period. If you are down for that, um, good luck, have fun. Uh, upon reading, <laughs> I have no idea that solitaire had turned into an XP-grabbing coin-collecting game. Apparently, like, they've added new features in the free version. Like, I haven't played a solitaire on my PC in God knows how long now. Same. But, uh, yeah, I guess they've tried to, like, make it a legit, like, I can get XP and level up. I don't know what you get, but... Um, so, I guess fire it up. See what you can do. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Last of Us 2 is about a month out, and Sony has showed off a limited edition PS4 Pro bundle that will launch with the game. I recommend checking it out if you're looking to get that, because it actually looks really cool. Um, it comes with the PS4 Pro, the controller with Last of Us 2 designs, comes with the game and a digital voucher for a dynamic theme, avatars, and just other fun stuff. Uh, console has a nice little like matte finish on it. Uh, the the logo or the engraving on it is Ellie's tattoo, oh, so nice. it looks really cool. Um, and the bundle will run you about four hundred bucks. Or if you want to just buy the controller, which also has the logo engraving and everything on it, you can buy that for sixty five. So nothing's been price gouged. Um, Definitely check it out. It looked cool. Uh, Sony's Day of Play returns June 3rd with some usual summer discounts on the PS4 games, PSVR games and accessories, as well as the PS Plus and PS Now memberships uh, discounts. And that ends on June 17th. So if you're looking for another round of some discounts, go check that out. Civilization VI is free on Epic this week. Mm -hmm. or well, until May 28th. Mm -hmm. And that's a couple of big games back-to-back, -back, actually. Sure, for yeah. Because Civ 6 is still kind of up there in price. One of the newer ones. Um, Skybound Games did tweet this week confirming that they are not working on another season of Telltale's Walking Dead. They've been getting asked that a lot. So if some of you were hoping, at least for now, there are no plans for it. So it looks like they've wrapped that up and thanked them for it. Because we wouldn't have gotten an end to that one had it not been for for them. So I'm still, still very to, thankful for you. I still need to and, play that. Yeah, I haven't finished it either. I feel like I bought it, thought I got the full season, and only had like two episodes. And then I just like, I'm going to come back for something else. And then I think it went down. And then I've just totally forgotten about it since. Um, but yeah, that's all of my quickets. All right. There's our kind of news and newsy-ish things for the week. Um, I do have a truth or trash. Okay, hit me. Let's give it a try. So, oh, 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 I, I always forget to bring up my truth or trash tally for Steven 2020. I have this idea that I'm going to remember to do all of these tallies and it's probably going to be like a last minute thing. And then I'm mm. going to get really sad because <laughs> thankfully I've been linking all of my sources. It's like, <laughs> you're like, why didn't I find the answer? No, no. Uh, <laughs> but your truth or trash. Joseph Fares, now I'm probably saying the name wrong, so the man behind the games, A Way Out, and A Brother's Tale of Two oh, Sons, yeah. uh, will reveal his next game at EA Play, which would have been during EA's E3 event, on hmm. June 11th. He's got a new one. He's ready to announce it. We're talking about it. Sure. I'll give that a true. I could see that being a, a possibility. In time of quarantine, the rumors are plenty. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. They kicked up their game from everyone being bored. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right. Now, I have a bit uh, weird news, if you will. Okay. I feel like mine are more like, this is interesting. But let's see if you find it weird or just interesting like I did. Uh, so gaming companion apps. 
Some of us have probably heard of them. They've kind of been around for a little bit and are most commonly used for what people call game sparring, where the idea is you would test how good you are at a game by improving your skills, playing with a higher level person or more experienced gamer that could just teach you how to play. Or if you wanted to have a partner to play with, there you go. Someone to play the game with. Um, But one of these gamers for hire is Wang Seekong, and I probably said that wrong, of course, <laughs> but I'm sorry that I can't pronounce the things, but Wang who appears... Seekong? S-I-C-O-N-G. Okay, continue. I feel like I feel like that's my best attempt at the name, but it is Wang, W-A-N-G. Wang Seekong. And it's probably like pronounced like Bob Moffat, for all I know. So... But, um, it's like a, <laughs> it's like an ape sperm whale is what I'm kind of gathering out of here. Anyway, continue. Ooh, he's going to get you. He listens to this. I just assume everyone listens to it. So sure. for the three of you who do, don't tell him. There we go. There we go. Uh, but he is apparently a notorious billionaire esports guru who charges, apparently... He is the highest paid gaming partner on the platform, by the way, which the Mm. platform is Bixen in this case, his name charges $94 an hour for his services. So (laughs) he is the son of China's wealthiest real estate tycoon Mm. and even the owner of an esports team called Invictus Gaming, which became China's first League of Legends champions in 2018. So a billionaire who charges you $100 an hour to play games with him or him to play them for you to help you learn. Now, I will say, kiss my ass. I'm not paying you to play your game. (laughs) I just like imagine these people with FU money who thought they wanted to be a gamer, but I guess not really, you know. I don't understand. I feel like I just got in the wrong industry. I should have like really became good at an eSport if I knew I could have charged this kind of cash. Uh, but Bixen, the app itself, reports that one and a half million gamers actually work in this industry and earn on average $1,108 a month playing full time. Uh, I feel, again, I missed an opportunity here somewhere. Um, well, that and actually being a boss at any given game is probably my other downfall. Um, but, uh, Bixa does go on to say that with the rise of these apps in particular, and with the rise of a hiring, a gaming companion, which apparently was bigger than I knew, uh, that the game companion industry is worth $10 billion. Wow. Billion. <laughs> okay. Well, whatever. I feel like. I feel like now when I see all these like streamers on esports, I'm like, dude, uh, stop streaming. Be a companion. Yeah, no kidding. Well, some of them probably make more than 1100 bucks a month. But like, goddamn, dude. I need to become good at something so I can do that. No kidding. Just anything. It doesn't even matter what it is. All right. Are you want to play? I'd buy that for a dollar. Oh, what do you got? Look at me at the whole rounded out ga- uh, show today. All right. Interesting. But let's see. How, how would I? Uh, yeah, we'll just sell it to you like normal. I was trying to think of like, did I need to set it up anything different? But okay. have you ever wanted to have a PS1, but buying one just wasn't your thing? You just 
maybe you wanted to just build it yourself because you're you're a hands-on kind of guy. Uh, well, hmm. a non-working hmm. PlayStation, of hmm. course. So, <laughs> well, right now I can offer you, yes, you Me? can build a PlayStation 1 just like a model ship or a model car or whatever else that you like to buy, build, and paint like a, like a model replica here. The model is a two-fifths scale of the original console, and it includes the internal hardware replicas with the sockets, controller, memory card, and a clear gaming disc. It comes with a memory card, I think, just for that nostalgia bump, because, I mean, Mm. did I mention it's not going to work? So... But it was fun. I did find some people who were very passionate about these builds. Okay. And I mean, very passionate about these builds. Like, they were showing us their heart because they were just so ecstatic to have something like this again. Like, it was just hitting them in the feels. But, Steven, what would you pay to build your own non-working, two-fifths scale size PlayStation 1? And you got to do all the work yourself. Uh, well, you probably nothing, but in the spirit of the game. <laughs> That's um, me most of the time, too. I mean, if, if it's that detailed and it's a model, mm-hmm. and I know certain model kits. Like, it, it looks like the same thing when you bring them out and you're popping all the things out of the little yeah. kit. Um, I mean, I'm going to go what I would consider a little high, but I think... Considering everything that you just mentioned, yeah, I would is say like not overthink this one too much. Seventy nine ninety nine. Seventy nine ninety nine. Well, I will gladly sell it to you for that price because you're only gonna have to pay twenty two ninety nine for wow. it. So you can get really? several of them. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I thought it was gonna be more than that too. Huh. But like upon inspecting, I think it is mostly like plastic stuff. And then, obviously, the little memory card thing, which I don't think actually works, as I kept looking at it. I think all of it's fake just to look like it. Hmm. But then you could be a garbage person and go sell it online, I guess, for like, look what I paid for it. That's right. Buy it for $200. And then you get this little baby thing. But it actually did look neat. And I think what sold me on the idea was just like how passionate these people were about the whole thing. I was like, man, I didn't have the nostalgia bump with the PlayStation 1 like these people did. But this was, was good for you guys. Sure. Good for you for finding a passion that worked out. All right. Let's play Name That Game. All right. Did I get three? I did get three. I was thinking I was only going to have two. The well was a little... A little shallow this week for the new releases. I was very disappointed. Maybe it's going to be another COVID thing because I'm going to have trouble finding more name that game. I don't know. Probably. I feel like I should have more now. You're at home. Putzing and- around. Just put out some crap just for something to do. You know, feed me content. Could you please? I mean, especially the, the garbage devs, you know. You'd think right. they would have so much time to say, like, what garbage can I pump out this week? They're probably the only ones still working. They're at home, whatever it was, survival gig was before before it all happened. But all right, in this game, you play as James, a student who wants to examine an abandoned place. He and his girlfriend, Sophie, drive in the late of the night to the place and get what they hadn't expected. They have to try to survive the night. 
you're trapped in the building and you try to find an escape from there. Most doors are closed. You have to find the key for them. You have to find and collect a key, which leads you to freedom. Is this game? Okay. A, Devil's Dream. B, Spirits Wander. C, Survive the Night. Or D, Jesus Take the Wheel. Boy, if it was D. (laughs) B. B, Spirits Wander. And the answer is... I gotta be careful. I'm gonna knock off my camera. A, Devil's Dream. Uh, All right. This one you might hit me for, and that's fair. Okay. For this next one. (laughs) Take control of the typical toilet paper panic buyer. Help us to understand this strange phenomenon by gathering as much TP as you can. After having been kicked out and banned from every store in town for hoarding toilet paper, our typical panic buyer is filled with infinite rage, roaming all parking lots in search for more shopping carts to plunder. Use this realistic game to take control of the typical toilet paper panic hoarder. You collect asshole points by kicking other people's shopping carts. Steal as much toilet paper as you can before the time is up. You can even enter rage mode and enhance your performance by chugging beer. Defend your loot from the toilet paper bandit. He's evil. And beat your own high scores by helping us understand this strange behavior during toilet paper shortages. Do you have what it takes to thrive in this crisis? See, this is exactly what I was talking about. Garbage devs putting out garbage games. And I bet, and I think it was like 50 cents too. So there you go. At least they're not trying to like (laughs) gouge you for it. But is this game A, taking all the poop squares 2020? B, I bought it all, asshole, pandemic edition. C, propping up for pooping. Next up, sanitizing. Or D, toilet paper crisis simulator 2020? D. D. And the answer is D. Yeah, it was. But I just wanted to play with the words. <laughs> I mean, I thought on it for a second and I was like, are they really going to go that route? Of course they are. They're not that creative. Look what they made. Right? And it does. It's just literally like like a top down kind of thing right there. I just saw toilet paper. Crisis. I'm like, oh, God, what do we do now? All right. And your last game, because it's me and I always take us to the dark side. A sinfully wild sci-fi adventure with a happy ending. You can lose yourself in the impressively graphic, stimulated 3D, compellingly novelistic world. Sex and space never felt so good. Choose your female companion and take them on a journey through time and space. Five stories with a novel format and interactive sex. Threesomes. Super deep immersively wet storytelling an interactive pc experience unlike any other custom combinations of sexual partners supports no vr mode with a pc and mouse no vr headset coming soon vr support for htc vive and oculus rift with touch did i mention threesomes you did is this game (laughs) a spacex b space ballers C, defiling gravity, 
or D, landing in Uranus? Oh, wow. <laughs> that was, uh, hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, it's not much you see him without words here. Like, oh, oof. Uh, if he had pearls right now. Come on. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I, they're all just uh, I, A, SpaceX, because why would it be any more creative than that? And the answer is A, SpaceX. <laughs> I always want you to get these rocks, so nobody knows like how bad my brain actually is. <laughs> I do always gravitate towards those. They have the most creative ways of telling their non-existent story. Sure. But there you go. That's okay. our name, that game. <laughs> and we're moving on to our headliner this week, which oh, yes. uh, Stephen has put together a review I have. Take it away. We're going to talk about a video game that released this week. And before you buy it, maybe he can tell you one way or the other here. Yeah, this is a game that recently came out Friday. Um, Very recent. And I ha- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start by saying that when I first heard about it, I was equally dismissive, but also equally kind of excited. Because mm-hmm. the prospect that they were pitching sounded so good. But then I was just like, yeah, but they're going to, it's going to be crap. You see what I do? I have these right? negative thoughts about everything. I know. We've got to break that cycle for us both just by yeah. the way. Because I guess I've been burned too many times and I just, I'm just like, well, it's just going to be terrible. But the game I'm talking about here is Maneater from... Tripwire Interactive and also published by Deep Silver who that should have already given me a little bit of confidence because they they usually publish some pretty good stuff. So Tripwire Interactive, the games that they're best known for thus far would be Rising Storm series and Killing Floor, which I played a little bit of that, but not a lot. Um, This game, the closer and closer it came to coming out and starting to see more of it my excitement grew so much so to the fact that i was still hesitant i was still hesitant about buying it before hearing reviews because it was like it looks so fun i feel like i will have so much fun playing it but but what if it what if well for me it was like for how long yeah i thought for how long and i did see reviews about the time I did buy it, because I was like, nope, I'm buying it. I'm just That's it. I'm buying it. That's it. And then reviews started coming out. And I was starting to hear some of the things they said. And for me, that was good. Because I needed to hear that. And then I could develop my own opinion on it based on what they're saying. And even kind of counter it a little bit. Because monotony was one of the complaints that I heard. Okay. But for me... I beg to differ. Now, what is this game? Well, if you're not familiar with it, I'll kind of give you a quick TLDR. Excellent. Essentially, the story is you are an orphan bull shark. You were cut out of your mother's womb by a fisherman. Yeah. He caught her, cut her out, and is like, oh, look at what we got here. You bite the dude's hand off, and then he chucks you into the ocean or 
swamp nearby. Oh, body of water. Near body of water. Okay. And then now you have to, you know, now you're out for revenge because this dude killed your mom. But you start Wait. off as a little pup. You know, a little shark pup. So you have to kind of grow and you got to get stronger and you got to be the massive shark that you need to be to, to take down this hunter because, you know, he's, he's tough. Or he's mm-hmm. going to be, I'm sure. Uh, so how do you do this? Well, first of all, you have to eat fish. There are plenty of fish out in the sea. Now, it's not just going around eating fish randomly, even though you can do that, but there is a purpose to them. Each fish or aquatic sea creature, because you can find turtles and seals and so on and so forth, they have nutrients that you can consume, which play into a kind of RPG element that you have in this game. Now, you may have seen certain advertisements. They call it Shark PG or something like that. Yeah. Like an RPG. Shark playing game. Yeah. So I can kind of see where they're getting some of that uh, RPG elements because you earn certain fish have fat, certain fish have protein, there are minerals, and even mutagens that you consume. And all of this you collect, which in turn you use to upgrade your evolution, as it were. Because you have not just five stages of growth, which... Like I said, you start as a pup, eventually you get to a teen, then an adult, an elder, and then a mega. Uh, And then you have your evolutions, which create a new breed of shark. And I don't mean like a natural breed, I mean like a mutated aberration that should not exist, but for the sake of this game, that's what makes it so fun. Oh, it does. (laughs) So... There was a a level cap that I hit fairly quickly, I might add, at level 30. I wasn't sure where the that's level the cap... That's you can go. Yeah, for me, okay. that's, that's what I noticed. Uh, that's where they capped me off at. I don't know if that will increase, but I don't think so because uh, some of the... I came across another creature that was a higher level and i was like all right well i guess this is where i'm stuck at now and i kind of wish i had a higher level because oh my god i got (laughs) ruined (laughs) but anyway we'll, we'll i'll get around to that in a minute so as you're doing as you you grow you have to uh swim to different regions like i said you kind of start off in a swamp then you'll kind of get into other areas that aren't swampy and then eventually you can kind of get out into the ocean so think about it like this you're going not just from a swamp to the ocean directly but all the things in between so you'll come across like i think there was a rich part of town ritzy parts with golf courses and all this other stuff and then there was a more radioactive area where it was just garbage and junk and all this mess and in looking through a lot of these one of the complaints that I heard that didn't make any sense to me was the water effects aren't really all that great. Now, I'm pretty sure they were talking about the top of the water. Okay. You spend a major percentage of your time under the water. That's what I would assume. But. So, they don't look bad. I don't know what they saw. I don't know what they were expecting. I think they were comparing it to another game where you're actually on the top of the water and you need it to look amazing for whatever reason. But you're spending a majority of your time in this game under the water. That's where you want it to shine. So the top of the water does look fine. 
I just not. I don't. Well, I, I mean, d- how overly realistic are the graphics anyway? Isn't it just like a it specific does. designs doesn't necessarily mean that that might make it look weirder. Exactly. If that stood out to be mm-hmm. so clear. I don't know. I mean, there is. It's not a hyper realistic looking game. I mean, the way the like the. The way the uh, environments look are very natural. Even even the animals, to a degree, are very natural. Um, the shark probably looks about as fairly natural up until you start mutating it, and it starts to take on different evolutions. But they look like the animals themselves. The people them are the ones that are kind of more animated, as it were, mm-hmm. because they have more. I don't know. They're just they're they're not realistic in their presentation the animals feel more realistic than the people so there is this fine line of how they're trying to present this game graphically and keep this in mind this is only a 40 dollars game so oh that's not bad you know it's not like you're breaking the bank and and they had to make it look oh so realistic although that would have been fascinating but i'm not complaining right so just the style they chose yeah But the environments themselves, for each environment that you go to, for each new strand of wildlife that you come across under the sea, or sea life, I guess it would be more appropriate. I don't know. Under the sea. You you come across (laughs) all sorts of random fish. Uh, The farther in you get, you start seeing new breeds, new types, and then you can even come across predators to you. Uh, that you have to kind of be aware of. And that's one of the things I really enjoyed about this is as a pup, you know, swimming through, you're starting to see little fish and you're just like chomping, chomping, chomping because you, you're, a, you're a little pup and you're, you're trying to, to survive, as it were. And then you come across your first predator, which was some kind of little, I can't even remember what it was, like a muscling, I think is what it's called. It's like a, it's a little fish, but it was mean as shit. And then there were Barracuda was like the bigger, the next big thing that I came across. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, I've got them little chomper teeth. So, the farther in you get, you start to see bigger and bigger prey. And what was interesting about that is how I approached the game. Because when I started seeing the predators, I knew I wasn't ready. Like the first time I came across an alligator, I was like, I am not ready for that. I am still a pup. I'm going to die. So I'm going to avoid, and it becomes kind of stealthy. Because you have a sonar where you can kind of pick up on everything around you. And if you see, there's a big alligator there, I'm not doing that. You just kind of weave your way around it. And to a degree, you can kind of sneak away. Like, don't get too close, it'll sniff you out. But if you can just kind of slowly weave yourself around, you can get by them and allow yourself to continue on without getting attacked. Okay. But what was fascinating is how there did become this sh- dynamic shift as I grew, leveled up, how I became the prey and suddenly became the predator. Because the moment I went after my first alligator, it was a fight. And I was like, all right, I've just got to figure out how to do this. Now, when I see an alligator, I'm like, ass. And I chomp him and he's dead fairly quickly. And it's... you. It's a fun dynamic going from prey to predator because you do feel more empowered at that point. But at the same time, there are bigger fish. There's always a bigger fish, as they say. And the last big fish I came across, 
I thought I was prepared for. And clearly I wasn't. Because I thought, oh, I got this, I got this. No, no. Because the... You did it, not get that? No, it was... And, and to, say, to say this, I don't mean this as like a brag, but I've only really died twice in the game. Once was early on as a pup trying to understand my limits. Like where I right. could go. And I just kind of made a mistake. With the alligators, obviously. And then now is... I'm so close to the end... Which is a little disappointing for me, but what I was fighting was uh, bigger than I was expecting. And I'm big, but this thing is Mm -hmm. a little bit bigger and it's tougher and it it caught me off guard. I don't know what to do. So I'm having to rethink my strategy. Yeah, hopefully it's challenging you a little now. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what I was hoping for because when I came across a great white the first time, I was already kind of in my mega evolution. There are other that's your growth stage your mega stage is like your final stage and i was like all right i got this first great white came on me i bit it shook it to death and that was it and i was like well that wasn't hard was it like it i was expecting more of a challenge from a great white and i was like nope yeah i just tore you up real quick then here comes a killer whale and i'm like oh, okay no killer whale is a fighter one hell okay. of a fighter Anyway. Built into the name. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm trying to I'm trying to stay on course, but I I feel like I'm I'm drifting a little bit. But I'm I'm trying to stay to, to really help you understand. Again, you're you're visiting all these regions, and each region you have collectibles, which kind of add to the game a little bit. You collect license plates, which I kind of felt kind of a nice nod to bull sharks oh, nice. who have been yeah. known to eat license plates. Um, you locate landmarks which are followed by humorous little observations about whatever is in that spot, wherever the landmark is, which I'll even touch on another one of my pros to this game, Chris Parnell as your narrator. Uh, Nice. Helping you through this entire thing, Mm -hmm. talking about the wildlife, talking about every, every landmark. There's always some little something to say about it, some little observation. And just the way he does it is so spot on. Because the other thing you need to realize, the reason there's a narration, is this is kind of a being portrayed as a reality show. Because the way the story is set up, you're watching Maneater, the reality show. The fishers are out there. They're, oh, look what these fishers are doing. Oh, hashtag whatever the hell they say. Which, that was another humorous part that they added. Is as the people are talking during these little segments with the fishermen when they're talking to the cameras... They'll throw up uh-huh. these little hashtags randomly to whatever they're talking about. Uh-huh. The one that caught me off guard the most that made me laugh was the main fisher, Scaly Pete, I think is his name. He was just like, yeah, they're doing something out here. Some kind of government experiment. And he said, government. And then suddenly, <laughs> hashtag government experiment. And I was like, nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. Excellent. So little things like that, it was just like that adds to it, and that's right. that's the beauty of this game. It's not meant to be taken super seriously. It's tongue in cheek. It's it's parody mm-hmm. in a way. It's humorous, you know. Mm-hmm. Even though you're going around slaughtering people as a shark and whatnot, it's humorous. It's Sharknado esque, but better. Oh, then <laughs> lean into it, and you'll have a good time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what did I say? License plates, 
Then there are little landmarks. Uh, there are also... I'm calling them mutagen chests, but they're, they're something else. This is, like, you'll find a bunch of chests within these areas, and they contain a lot of the minerals that you need. So you'll get, okay. like, a boost of the fats, minerals, mutagens, whatnot, all in one hit. So if you're trying to level up, if you're trying to get a lot of that stuff, find those pretty quick, and they'll kind of circulate into your system fairly quickly. And then, of course, you have humans. You will encounter humans... Attacking humans will in turn attract hunters. And that shifts the game again because hunter fights are not fish fights. Because with a fish, they come at you, they attack you, you got to turn around, you got to get around and bite, 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 bite. That's all you're doing. Hunters come, they have guns. Hunters come, they have boats. They have bombs. They have all sorts of things. So now you have to take the boats down and survive. And this is where the game got really difficult for me because it, it changed how I had to play because I didn't know how to approach the boats. The first time I came across it, and I will say this as a, a bit of a con, is it was so chaotic that I was just like, I don't know what I'm saying. I just felt like I was just pressing buttons just to do anything because I was like, I don't know what to do. And they're shooting me and I can't get away and I'm going to die. And I yeah. just went into panic mode because I wasn't sure how to approach it. Once I kind of got my bearings and was able to play them and get to them in a different light and have more time to prepare for a hunter, I realized there are unique ways to to approach them. You can kind of, if you can get the side, the the speed and the the ramming speed for it, you can bump their boats. You okay. can jump up in the air and land on them. Oh, nice. So there are different approaches. You can even kind of, as you jump, you can even attack people on the boats, like bite them and throw them if you can. Mm -hmm. But there are different ways to go about it. And each, you have an infamy level in the game. So the more people you attack, the more of these hunters you kill, they bring in harder and harder sets of hunters. And then your infamy level increases, which attracts a super hunter, so to speak, and oh, yeah. by defeating them, you get new evolutions. So it kind of helps build you up a little bit. But do not... You can attack as long as you want because the hunters are relentless. That's what I did find out. They will continue to fight you until you run. With rare exception, did I ever have a fight stop after me ending it? As far oh, okay. as like destroying everything around me and they just stopped? Rarely yeah. did that happen. Because they okay. kept coming and kept coming. And you can just continue to fight. But okay. it become, you get overwhelmed really quick. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was really impressed with that. Because it just... The intensity of it all. You, you have to be prepared for that because it's intense. They even send underwater divers. So when you think you're trying to deal with it here... They'll come yeah. after you down here, shooting that you. It feels stupid to me, but okay. I'd like come at you with a submarine or something instead. I know. Diving after you. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it, the insanity of it all because it's chaos. You know, chaotic. I said chaos. Like, uh, yeah, you were trying to up. do both words. Yeah. <laughs> we're nailing it today. I know. But 
I, it, it's a lot of fun once you really start to understand it. Like once I got a lot of my buildup, and I have, I've barely touched on the evolutions, you have mutations. Uh, there are abilities that you can earn which kind of help you consume more of the proteins and things like that that you can find. And you can kind of trade them off and whatnot. And then you can have other abilities to kind of boost your defense and whatnot. But your mutations are where it's really key because you have three. There's a bioelectric mutation, a bone mutation, and then a shadow mutation. Now, I wasn't sure initially what these were, like what the difference was and how to use them. Now, granted, I know there's a difference between bone and electricity, er, but why should I favor one over the other well i don't think you're supposed to favor one over the other i feel like you are meant to interchange them in a way depending like a stance maybe yeah depending on what you're you're actually doing in the game the bioelectric seems to be well equipped for fish and aquatic life because when they come at you, you can bite them and stun them with electric shocks and tail whip them with electric shocks. And then it kind of gives you a little bit of speed so you can kind of get around them. So it seems built to help you tend to aquatic life. The bone turns you into a tank. You're slower, but you have more force. So if you jumped in the air, you're going to be weightier and you're going to smash down onto a boat. So it seems better equipped to help you contend with hunters. Where okay. the shadow seems like a nice blend of both. You're super fast, but you have a little bit more defense. You have kind of a poison-esque uh, ability to you to kind of help. I, I, want, I don't want to say like hurt, but it, it seems like it blinds certain things. Like the fish, I noticed that. It, it's like it puts a black ink on them, and they seem like they okay. can't really focus in on me. Mm-hmm. So, but it's not stunning them like something like the electricity would do. So it's it's different, but it does kind of give you an advantage if you can kind of tail whip a, a bit of this poison on them and they're just kind of taken aback for a moment. So it kind of gives you a moment to breathe. So it each each evolution has its own purpose. And you can mix and match. You don't have to do that. But in most RPGs, if you stack all of an ability together you get bonus uh, abilities to that so that's what you want to do i i really felt that that was very unique i'm glad they didn't try to push it beyond the three i felt like that was nice way assortment of things and the fact that you can mix and match to whatever you want maybe it works i don't know i did early on i mixed and matched as needed but okay. the more I started to evolve what I had and the more I started to earn, I was like, no, I'm going to stick to one thing. And I did try them all out because I wanted to see what the difference would be. Now, when I had the electric, I did feel faster, you know, and I was, I, oh man, I took some hunters down with the bioelectric. You know, I really had a lot of fun. It was like, I'm, I'm strong, I'm bad. You know, I, I'm going to take them down. And then I uh-huh. put on the bone and started playing around with it. And I did notice that I felt slower, but I also noticed how much impact I was putting on to those hunters' boats and how I was really smacking them down in a different way. And I was like, okay, so this is a nice dynamic shift. You know, I didn't feel like I was taking as much damage, but I was 
throwing it back to them a lot more. So it, it you have to adapt, <laughs> like a shark. You have to adapt to the new evolution that you have, which is great. So I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, so I've been praising the game. So what problems do I have with the game? Well, uh, for starters, I'll say being an underwater game, you have certain underwater control issues that you have in a lot of underwater games. It's not bad, but there are those moments where it's just like, ah, oh, fucking underwater game, you know, you know those things to expect. Like the resistance when you're trying to move is kind of wonky or something like A that. little bit. And you're floaty because, you know, okay. you're not on ground. You're not gravitated by chance. So you're kind of up and down and up and down. And say if you're swimming, especially in shallow water, and you surface, you automatically surface. So then you have to hit yeah. another button to go back down. Which is, I mean, I like the mechanic because that way you can kind of stay on top if need be. Right. Because sometimes you do, especially with hunters but mm -hmm. there would be those times that you're trying to stay low and then you'll hit the surface and be like damn it come on so it's that very loose light floaty thing in water yeah. especially in shallow water sometimes especially in a fight i don't like fighting in shallow water because they stay low and i surface up and it's like damn it i just stay down you know so it's it's can be frustrating at times, but again, it's not bad. It's just, it's familiar. So if you're aware of that kind of thing, you're just like, all right, I know what to expect there. <coughs> um, as I've said, combat is fun. I've found it to be fun, but it can be tricky. Like I said, hunter fights were a little messy for me early on until you kind of get an idea of how to approach them, but they are still chaotic. So I feel like certain people might not be able to handle that. Like you've got to have a certain mindset because they will come at you. And it's non-stop until you can get out of their eyesight and disappear to where they have to search for you. They will come at you relentlessly. And you have to be prepared. So you've got yeah. to be circling around, going, going, going. Uh, the game did crash on me. Uh, once or twice, which I was a little frustrated with. I did come across a few bugs. There was a, like a mission that I completed and the icon for it remained on the screen. And I don't know what, why I kept going to it. Right. And I was like, go away, go away. So I had to reset the game just to get it to disappear. Uh, there were a lot of frame rate issues, especially when things got real chaotic. So if that matters to people, you know, just be aware of that. One thing that really... Especially if you're like me, probably with an older PS4. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're, I'm, I'm still on, like, second gen. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's not really... I don't have a pro. <laughs> yeah. It's not really, really jarring, but it, you can just kind of see the, the, the shutter. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you see yeah. it kind of shuttering out. You think just it's going to gonna tear, maybe, but it just keeps trying to do it. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that kind of annoyed me the most were these, and this is this is where I've argued, we're going back to what we were talking about with the PS5, load, screens, performance has to come up because this was annoying more than anything else to me in the game, is this is supposed to be open world, in a, in a manner of speaking, open ocean, right. so to open speak. Open oceans. <laughs> and 
early on in the game, when I would go from this swamp to this body of water to this body of water, no load screens. You know, you just kind of wander in, and I was like, okay, cool. Everything so it seems to load up pretty yeah, well it's if you're through. Yeah, it's transitional, no problem. But then there were moments where I would be swimming in an area, and then suddenly a load screen would pop up. I'm like, what the hell happened? And then it would be like, well, you transitioned into this other world. It's like, and? What, what did you go to a, to a load screen for? So it would be hit and miss every now and again if you transition to a new body of water that this load screen would pop up. wouldn't happen every time. So it's not meant to, but it would. Right. So I don't know, I don't know why that's happening. So it was it was frustrating to me in that regard because it was like, come on, man, just because it takes you out of it, especially if you're in the fight and you're like right there on the cusp of a, a transition. Yep. You swim right off into the other body of water and it's like load screen. It's like, no, yeah, I'm fighting, damn it. No, I so, think that with the next gen is going to be way more than we're even giving it credit for if it goes seamlessly like it's supposed to. Yeah. So. Those those are some of my gripes. I'd say that the biggest thing here, and this will kind of go into my overall, this game is not going to be for everybody. When I heard the complaints, oh, it's monotonous. Oh, my God, what am I doing? Oh, okay. The game isn't that long. I'll be honest with you. I don't think I have put in, it's probably 20 hours at best, and I'm being generous. I honestly feel that. Because I don't, I, I feel like I've played it nonstop, but I don't feel like I've gotten that far, as far yeah. as twenty hours goes. Um, it you have, I think you have to have the mindset of what you want from a game. I love open world exploration. Don't know why, but when I am presented with that and presented with that in a fun, unique way, I'm in. I'll go explore yeah. every inch of it. You're telling me to go collect stuff? Sure, I'll do it. I, I'm drawn to that. I cannot explain why. I think it maybe it's some kind of OCD thing that I have. Yeah. I just want to collect things. It was like you know oh. what I've always said. If everybody liked the same thing. Yeah. So <laughs> definitely, if that is your kind of game, this is already a start in the right direction. Two, we don't play a lot of underwater games. You know, True. you tell me the last underwater game you played. I, I, I don't usually care for those no. myself. There are underwater levels. Water levels in any game, I'm always like... <sighs> yeah. But, yeah, underwater levels versus underwater game. Full underwater game with the occasional surfacing and whatnot. That's right. beside the point. But that's where you spend a lot, a majority of your time. So I'm fascinated with that. A lot of the, the way that they've created the landscape underneath. So you're getting to explore the ocean. You're getting mm -hmm. to explore the bottom of a swamp or, or body of water. Whatever. Cool. Yeah. I'm in. Let's see something different. Great. Right. And then... And you're playing a shark. And the, yeah, that's that's my next point. You're playing a shark. I'm sorry. Sorry. No. You're, you're playing a shark. You don't get yeah. to do that very often. The few times that it has been done thus far has been terrible. Let's not forget Jaws Unleashed, which was an abomination. Well, I did. God, was so that terrible? You yeah. You get to play as a shark. I'm fascinated with sharks. I don't know if I would want to get into a cage with one, but, you know, I love, like, the nature documentaries and stuff like that where you get to mm -hmm. see great white sharks. You're like, you're there for Shark Week. You mm -hmm. bought your snacks. But to you're a good point. To, go. Take to a the point. week off work. No. Yeah. I, to hell Scott. with. I don't want to see the people. You 
let me see the shark. I want to see the yeah. shark in action. I want to see it doing its thing. They fascinate me to no end because they seem like the, the white shark is just the creepiest damn thing under the ocean. And yet I just want to continue to watch it, you know, because it just looks so evil. But it's just an animal. You yeah. know, that's all it is. That will kill you. But it doesn't mean to. <laughs> it's not doing it on purpose. It, yeah, I think this, it meant to eat you and kill you. It just doesn't care because in his world, this is what's supposed to happen. I need to survive. Mm-hmm. You don't belong here. Right. The game <laughs> is very simple in its approach to what it's giving you. It's not all that complex. I love it. I'll say that with its flaws, I love it. I never felt once, oh my God, oh my God. I'm just like, where am I going next? Where am I going next? What am I going to find? Where am I going? What am I doing? I was excited. I'm all, I was just, I was in for it for the long haul, despite having to do a review or doing a review. I don't have, I didn't have to do a damn review. I wanted to do a review. That's different. excited about it. Yeah, I was. And I still am excited about it. And the problem is, is I'm so close to the end that I'm I'm afraid that when it's over, I'm going to want more. But... I don't know what more it could give me. You know what I mean? Like, even if there Sharks. was... Sharks. In uh, space! Oh, God. See, now you're taking it too far. <laughs> <laughs> it's too far. Mutant oh sharks God, is one thing. Shark in space! Never. But, hey, the spa- space is... Uh, de- it's welcome. the same, right? Space shark. <laughs> exactly. Space shark. That's what happened after Sharknado, you know? He mm-hmm. just got blown up into space. I have no idea. I have no idea either. I I, I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to do derail. So I would recommend this game to anybody who has a affinity for exploration, a little bit of sharks, wildlife, mm-hmm. things like that. If you want something unique and you like that ex- exploration aspect, this is for you. The combat is a little tricky, but you'll figure it out. I promise. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. I, I I really feel like this game has potential to be one of those titles that should they be able to make a second one, which I, I don't know why they couldn't. I just don't know where you go from here. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's yeah. that's my biggest thing. Like it was a fine one-off kind of situation. I feel like you would have to shift the game itself like instead of being a bull shark perhaps you could be a different shark because i think a lot of people assumed you'd be a white shark because they are the the aggressors the kings of the sea which by the way okay. keep this in mind the the shark you play is a female they, they say that continuously throughout the game so don't assume you're playing a male you're playing a female they state that very clearly um I don't know how to feel about that. I'm just yet, just but. throwing that out there. Just throwing that <laughs> out. I like my supposed to feel one way or the other. Just right hey, just letting you know, women yeah, you know. in video games, right? She's in control. Equality, yeah, yeah. But maybe they'll do a different chart, different location, different evolution because this kind of has a southern Gulf feel. You know what I mean, like southern okay. states kind of thing. Oh yeah, so we've got other oceans we can explore. Yeah, so. Perhaps. I don't know. But I'm, I'm, that's jumping the gun too far. I would love to see what they could do. 
I would love to see how they could evolve this instead of just doing the same thing, perhaps. I just don't know where you go from here because it is just what it is. And I, I found it to be a lot of fun. So I recommend it. There you go. There you go. 40 bucks. Not you even full price game. Yeah, you can't new. Beat that. Go check it out. Excellent. I'm probably still not the audience for it, but I enjoyed hearing how much you enjoyed it then. Because mm-hmm. that's what it's about, man. That's right. Can't always like everything. It Doesn't was mean fun. we got to get mad about it either. That's right. It's absolutely <laughs> right. Are allowed to just be like, well, not for me. And that's mm-hmm. great. But excellent. Well, that's our show. Woo-hoo. I think we gave, gave you a little bit of something, something to talk about for, for, for your week. Uh, so, yeah, you can hit us up sometime on Twitter if you like, Super Mega Crash. You can send us an email at supermegacrash at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram. You can feel that view that veal. See? Words, it's, words. Words are bad today. They're so, like, I don't understand what they're doing on this day. Anyway, you can find us on Instagram to view our weekly icon art that Stephen puts all of his time and love into. And you can support the show by liking and leaving reviews on your preferred platform. And you can go to patreon.com forward slash pencil paper productions. You can tell your friends. You can find us on Pencil and Paper Podcast Network or Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and even YouTube.com forward slash Pencil Paper Productions. I wanted to go slower on that part because we've been having issues talking. (laughs) So thank you so much for listening. I'm Lacey O'Finley. And I am Stephen White. And you can join us again next time, Super Mega Crash Siblings. But until then, game on. This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.